I will set out for Gaul myself and confront our enemies. They will learn the error of their ways. But why might early Christians have called Nero the Antichrist? I will quash my deluded enemy, not with the sword. I intend to sing to them. Nero has lost his mind. Welcome back to whatever the fucking show this is. Oh, Nero. <laughs> it sounds right. Sounds right. <laughs> Nero 13, it says on my notes. Let's oh, go with lucky, that. Lucky 13. Yeah. That means no one's going to die in this episode, right? No one ever dies in oh. ancient Rome. Ray, <laughs> it's, it was a friendly, happy place where okay. it's rainbows and flowers. and Unicorns uh, and cocaine. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> If you look at the uh, horn of a unicorn. Anyway, go ahead. Tell tell the audience one interesting factoid about your life in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm obviously doing better than you. I'm not coughing up a lung. One thing about my life, wife, life last week. Um, wife, I life. got as close to a full body tan. As I've ever gotten before, because, you know, we got the pool set up at the house. And so I said, you know what? Our neighbors need a thrill. So I took off practically everything. And I thought you had had no neighbors. Like cows, you always tell me. Well, you call them cows. I call them lovers. Uh, No, we have neighbors. They're just not close, close. But, you know, you can, when you're walking by the house, you can kind of see it. So why the fuck would they be walking past your house? Where are they going to when they're walking? no, everybody around here walks up and down the roads. Uh, it's beautiful. It's very scenic and it's good exercise. And there's right. trees and so you got shade. So everybody's always walking. So I decided to make their day um, and probably their night. You got naked? I got pretty close. I had goggles on. You know, you can't be completely naked in the state of Virginia. Uh, ask any stripper, she'll tell you. So, but yeah, it was pretty cool. It was like I was feeling the sun and I'm like, yeah, yeah. It was good. How about you? I went up to Bundaberg for a few days. My, mm. oh, I don't know if I told you this story. You know my mum. You've been, mm. you've vacayed vacay yes. with my mum. Yes. Um, so one of my one of my older sons, Taylor's 20, got his driver's license uh, recently mm. and wanted to buy nice. a car. And we've been out looking for cars and we, we didn't find anything that was perfect. And he wanted to buy a shitbox in his words. I, I just wanted, I want a shitbox. He can right. afford... To buy a better car. He's got some money, but he's like, no, no, no. I want a shitbox. Going to invest my money. QAV. Just want a shitbox. Um, and we looked at a bunch and they were not great. And my mum, 70, about to turn 74, she's mm-hmm. got a car she's had for 15 years, old Toyota Corolla. She said, well, look, right. I've been thinking about buying a new car. If I buy a new car, uh, do you want me to give you my old car? And he was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, so she went out the next day and bought... A brand new car. First brand new car she's ever bought in her entire life. Nice. She's retired now. She's like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to be dead soon. Might as well drive a nice car. <laughs> so she bought herself like a Kia, about $30,000. Right. Um, she picks it up on a Friday. On the Monday after, she gets a phone call Uh-oh. to tell her that she's just won a brand new car, a brand <laughs> $40,000 Toyota Corolla SUV. 
So I drove Jeez. Taylor up to Bundaberg's, about five hour, five and a half hour drive from here. If you take your time. Ooh. We went up. Right. Uh, we took his girlfriend, Chrissy Fox. We went up. Taylor picked up her old car, drove it back, and then I helped her sort of work out what to do. And she sold yeah. the cheaper of the two cars, the ones they actually bought, back to the dealer that she right. bought it from and kept the uh, car that she won. So there Damn. you go. That's nice. Good and for her. Yes. My um, other son, 20-year-old son, Hunter, Mm-hmm. Just got signed by one of the top talent agencies in Australia, which nice. is amazing because he's done no fucking acting and uh, just doesn't matter. Cole doesn't called matter. him and said, uh, "Do you know who the fuck I am? I'm Cameron Riley's son, apparently." And they went, "Oh well, <laughs> well, come right in, sir. Come on, try, please." I mean, the, the, the inventor of uh, podcasting in Australia could come right in. I mean, right, nice. Mikasa Sukasa. Yeah, and as far as you, I know, Fox is not currently in jail, so it sounds like a good week <laughs> for the family. Yeah, things are going yeah. well. Riley's have had a good, uh, good week. Nice for a change. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, let's get on with Nero. That's enough yeah. chitter chatter. We finished last time with Corbulo, right. mm-hmm. General Corbulo, Corby to his friends, uh, <laughs> kicking ass, fighting the Roman Parthian War of fifty eight sixty three. Right. Have to point out, though, of course, as we know, uh, he's doing this under the banner of Nero. When when you're a Roman uh, general in the imperial times and you're fighting a, a hey. war, yeah, it's really Nero fighting yeah. the war. It's a bit like yeah. well, something good happens and people Christians go, "Well, it was Jesus." Uh, in this case, <laughs> Nero is Jesus. Anything good happens, <laughs> it's Nero true. doing it. And if, if right. the war goes badly, well, that was the general's fault. Exactly. That's um, where Christians so far, got it from. Yeah. So far, Nero sounds like he's kicking ass in Armenia, but take that shit back from the Parthians. So Yeah. So they demolished Artaxata, we mentioned last time, the capital of the Armenians. Right. Uh, and he thought he might as well also take Tigranocerta, Armenia's I mean, I'm here. second so, capital city. I'm in the neighborhood. I'm here. I'll well, it. I'm here. Yeah, I'll take it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're marching in that direction. That's where we finished up last time. Now, <clears throat> despite the fact that they'd had a pretty good string of successes so far, no major losses in battle. Mm-hmm. According to Tacitus, they were exhausted, short supplies, staving off hunger by killing cattle, which honestly sounds okay to me. He said, "Look, all you can eat." I could do that. The, it's a the next couple of months is just right. roast beef every night. I'm like. Done. Fucking sign me up to the military. Um, Give me a Gladys. Yeah, but now you. This is yeah. Go ahead. This is go this ahead. is this is this is uh, Armenia. It's uh, as we said last time. Back then they called it Armenia. These days, uh, the modern word for it is uh, Armenia, and and <laughs> it, it's hot. It's, it's in the middle of summer. It's right? a hot summer. Water yeah. was scarce. Long marches. We've seen this before in the Alexander Ambushes. show and right. this show over the years. It's just not 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 nice. At the best of times, being in the desert, yeah. let alone being uh, in the Roman army, your long marches, yeah. lots of discipline. You're wearing heavy packs. There's no yes. air conditioning. There's Very no uh, right. It's like no, Texas. Uh, it's you're not allowed no, to turn on your air conditioner. Right. Why is that? Oh, they're having a major. Do you remember in the winter when the Texans, uh, their power went out and several people died oh, because they have their yeah. own power grid? Now they're being told not to use their stove, oven, dishwasher, 
uh, and the like. All, so all it's of the things that you expect in the world's leading economy are <laughs> major superpower. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what but, you get. They're the benefits that you get. Uh, yes. When you are yes. a, a, a member of the world's largest uh, ec- economy and uh, global but superpower, considering it's Texas, a decent percentage of them uh, of them are not vaccinated, so they might not have to worry about it for much longer. We'll see. We'll see. But but Armenia, as you've seen, I, I put a map up on uh, Facebook just like an hour ago. It's a big place, uh, and it's very hot. And there's a lot of desert or whatever. So even though his men are winning, they are suffering. And of course. One of the things that makes Corbulo a good commander is that he does try very hard to take care of his men. He, he And he sees that they're suffering, but the show must go on. These people have to be subdued because this is basically a, a what do you call it, a proxy war between Rome and Parthia. So he's got to keep going. He's got to keep his men going. And Tacitus says the troops only put up with it all. They didn't pull uh, a mutiny like Alexander's troops did. And, and, and we've seen uh, troops during the course of this season series. Right. People uh, mutiny because they saw Kubulo doing what a good leader does. Yes. He is going through the same hardships, same as Napoleon, Julius right. Caesar. These guys are out on the front lines, sleeping in camp beds, sleeping in tents, eating mm-hmm. the same food, marching, uh, you know, getting off their litter, getting off their yeah. horses. Right. Marching, you know, t- they're, they're, he's he's like, listen, if I can do it, yeah, you fucking, you can. If fucking he's older. Do it. Yeah, he's leading by example. Yeah. yeah, 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 like you do in this Thank you. podcast, Ray. It's embarrassing. Uh, always, Stop it. Stop always, it. always forcing always me to step it up uh, <laughs> to take it to another level. Right. Just have you? So yeah, I can. Yeah. I don't want to be embarrassed in front of you. Like I, I would right. hate. I, it would be. I wouldn't be able to yeah. look at myself in the mirror every day if I yeah. woke up and thought, "Shit, I'm really just not bringing enough to these podcasts right. with Ray." Ray is outworking me. He's outcommitted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you one. know, he's better looking. He's right. uh, taller. Better hung. Better lover. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 you, you make me. You make me, me complete. You. <laughs> <laughs> you had me at hello. You well, make me you make me want to be a better man. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> well, the great irony of all that sarcasm, which was hurtful, by the way, the great irony is that you have never once, not goddamn once, thanked me. Um, because there's so much that I don't do that you have to fill in. You, it has helped you raise your game as a researcher, as a podcaster, and as a writer. Not one yeah, fucking no, thank you. I am on record thanking what? you for that in <laughs> interviews. With other oh, people. Okay. Oh, like, you know, when we started our Julius Caesar show, I thought, well, Ray's going to, Ray's got a degree in history. He's going to uh, run with it. He's going to go. He's just going to, he's going to do yeah. all the work. I'm just yeah. basically going to pr- push the buttons and um, yeah. say, go, stop. Right. Uh, that's it. And I realized quite quickly, yeah. I stopped. No, that's, it's not going to, yeah. <laughs> well, you never really started. <laughs> and true. I stopped before I started. Quite. <laughs> you pre, pre-stopped. Pre-stopped. <laughs> I worked out quite very early on. Oh shit! This is all right. on me now. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I better I better do some. You're work. welcome. Yeah. And and I'm glad because uh, I've enjoyed doing the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so again. back to the back to the story. Yeah. The so, other battle. Um, they have to take two fortresses where some right. Armenians are holding out. One is taken by storm. The other by blockade. But when they get to Tigranocerta. 
city right. gates are open, like your butt cheeks in Vegas, and That's he true. is presented with a golden crown. Wasn't the colour of the crown you presented me with in Vegas, but he gets a golden <laughs> crown by the right. town leaders. Now, I wanted to ask you a question uh, about this. Tacitus doesn't say anything about it, but right. is it kosher for Corbulo to accept a golden crown? Is Nero going to be happy about that? Do you think Corbulo in this situation goes, I accept right. the golden crown in the name of... Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nero, Julius, Caesar, Tiberius, Augustus, Claudius, whatever his whole fucking name is. Ma- Maximus <coughs> Dickus. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, or yeah. does yeah. he say, oh, thanks very much. I'll add that to my collection. looks pretty good on me. What do you think the protocol is right. in this instance? Two-part two two part answer. One, he is going to accept the crown because Nero wants this done ASAP and he wants this place pacified and he wants the uh, Parthians taught a lesson. But you're absolutely right. I hereby take this crown on the behalf of my great personal god, Nero, the best lover and just awesome. I accept it in his honor and his name. Thank you. I will get it to... Like that. If he doesn't do that, he's a dead man. So... I think you're right. I think he completely accepted it and made it quite painfully clear, his pain, that it was for Nero. I like to think of it as like if you were given an award for this show. (laughs) (laughs) I was lost. (laughs) Cam, my partner couldn't be here tonight. Um, What's his name? Oh, God. What's his name? Yeah. Partner? Blank. What? Who? Blank. Nice. <laughs> you mean Cheryl? No, not Cheryl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's somebody else? Fuck yeah. No, I'll, I'll I would never, yeah. I would never, ever do that to you. I would say Cam has made me the man I am today, and I'd leave it right there. I'd just leave it hanging and just walk away with the, uh, with the trophy. And then I'd take the trophy, cut it in half, and mail the half to you. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, which half would I get? The lower, the top, I don't know. It top, depends what kind of trophy looks like. Tops or bottoms? Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of this way. Anyway, so, but no, yeah. but so he doesn't have to fight because they're like, if we resist, we will get our ass handed to us and all you Romans will wipe us all out. We give up. And so, yay. Good for him. Except, well, Tacitus says that no one in the city was harmed because they surrendered. But in the citadel of the city, right. there was Uh-oh. an intrepid band of youths. Here we go. Uh, he had a stable of young men uh, <laughs> coming behind him in the citadel, <laughs> right. which had to be stormed. Um, so, but apart from that, everyone else just gave it up. So he continues yeah. to crush any signs of opposition in Armenia until Tigranes arrives. Now, he's the grandson of King Archelaus. Uh, we've talked about him before. He spent most of his life in Rome as a, uh, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Uh, not a convict. Hosted. <laughs> hostage, that's the hostage. Yeah. Yes, yes, hostage. Yes. And it's been chosen by Nero to a guest, You're a guest, a guest yeah. of yeah, guest of long guest term of his, his His Majesty's government. Yeah, uh, my grandfather was a guest of Her Majesty's government for a few years. <laughs> right. Um, <Sorry>. And he's <clears> been <throat> chosen by Nero to take over the country. Now Tacitus says he was pretty useless, as you would as you would expect. Tacitus writes right. from having long been a hostage at Rome. He had sunk into servile submissiveness. It reminded me of you. Mm, Nor right. was he unanimously welcomed, as some still cherished a liking for the Arsakids. Most, however, in their hatred of Parthian arrogance, 
preferred a king given them by Rome. Right. And then Tacitus says he was given a force of a thousand legionaries, three allied cohorts, and two squadrons of cavalry that he might the more easily secure his new kingdom. Right. There's nothing like uh, earning the respect and the love <coughs> of your people uh, by having a huge army uh, standing outside your door. Some a lesson that the uh, Haitian president Moisey uh, might have learned from listening to right. our show. Uh, yes. The se- the second you know second rule of this podcast is never accept an invitation to a party in your own. The third right. is when people knock at your door in the middle of the night and they say they're USDA agents and you should let them in. Don't let them in. No. no. Don't let them in. Yeah. I have office hours for a reason. Come back in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't yeah. work. Make an appointment uh, with my secretary. Yeah. But you make a good point about, we were saying earlier on that Corbulo is a, a very good commander. He's a very seasoned person. He's also a good politician. Because in Rome, you have to be a, a soldier and a politician. And I was I was um, impressed with him that he takes the crown and he is merciful to the people in that city, in the capital, because... He knows that Nero wants this over with, and he wants the people going back to being relatively happy, but mostly important, not causing trouble and paying taxes. So again, Corbulo was doing the right thing. He's being merciful when he can be, and he's being completely merciless when he has to be. And now the new did king you, is there. And so did you say he was doing the white thing? No, right. If I did say, well, isn't really said, the words no, white and right the same word? I mean, that's come on. Well, I think you basically <laughs> blended them together. Let's go to the tape. I think you said he was doing the white right. The right, thing. the correct. You can take the boy out of the, the south, co- <laughs> but you can't take the south out of the boy. Eh? I think it's important to. There was a joke somewhere in there. Uh, we should. I should use the word correct, which has no K's, like three K's. But anyway, um, no. So he. Uh, so he's doing the right thing. He's being a good politician and soldier. But you're right. The new hand chosen king is there. The people aren't that crazy about it, but it's better than the freaking Parthians who have been riding roughshod over them for a couple of years. So things are looking good for Nero. And it's all thanks to Nero. Thank you. Be praised by Nero. Yeah, well, you're all in these situations, you're always going to have two kings, right? You're always going to have the people that actually did well under the Parthians, so they like the Parthians, and the people right. who were didn't do well under the Parthians, who don't like the Parthians. So anyway, Corbulo, <laughs> Corbulo does this. Right. Says, uh, done and dusted. I came, I saw, I kicked some ass. Yes. Uh, and retired to Syria where the governor had died. Right. And it was now given to him as his province. He's the proconsul of yeah. Syria. Now, yeah. not a great gig, to be honest. We know Syria's not a great gig. It's, you know, I mean, it's not, not as bad as it's Judea. A- it's a shithole country. It's not great. I said it. Yeah. I said it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just- it's more, he's like, oh, great, more fucking desert. You couldn't send me to, like, uh, <laughs> the conquer the Caribbean? Or yeah, or somewhere. Like, give me something. Yeah. I don't know. The Bahamas? Yeah. 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 The Mediterranean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Me Congratulations. You've graduated. Uh, now you get From more From this desert, desert mm. to this desert. Right next to the other desert. Right. And, right. Uh, yeah. But I, I did want to ask you about this. Now, 
I don't know if we, hopefully we've done a good job of conveying, but this is a major military victory that pretty much is because of Corbulo. He had to hit, remember, remember when he first got there, he had to retrain these guys. They they lacked discipline and they lacked patience and, and all those things. And, and he pretty much handles this huge entire problem for Nero. But at the same time, because it's a one-man show, Nero, if you get too good, if you get too many people talking about how you're amazing and you're a good military leader, suddenly your life is kind of, you know, you're a little in danger. So the good news for Corbulo is that he wraps this up. He gets another assignment. Those massive forces that he had are going to be dispersed to wherever they got to go. And so hopefully he is not seen as a potential threat by Nero and his staff and his freedmen or whatever. So as far as Kubulo is concerned, he did an awesome freaking job that very few people could have done. Not so much retirement, but he goes to Syria. He's got another job there. And hopefully things will go well for him because, you know, people talk about, oh, this person is starting to rival you. The people are starting to love them. You got to be careful with someone like Nero uh, on the stage. So good for him. He's done well. Yeah, Nero wrote a song about mm. uh, the trials and tribulations <laughs> of being an emperor at the time. Yeah. yeah. Did he? What's it yeah. called? Well, everybody knows down Ladbroke Grove, you have to leap across the street. You can lose your life under a taxi cab. You gotta have eyes in your feet. You find a nice soft corner and you sit right down, take up your guitar and play. But then the lawman comes, says, move along. So you move along all day. Well, I'm a one-man band. Nobody knows or understands. Is there anybody out there want to lend me a hand to my one-man band? There you go. Yeah. If you take the guitar... Band. Out of that mm. song, I think that's pretty much the story of Rambo. He just wanted a meal. The cops harassed him out of town, and then all hell broke loose. You got to be careful with those one-man bands. Anyway. Speaking of Rambo, have you ever seen a film called McBain? McBain, no. I have not seen that. <laughs> I started watching it yesterday. I'd never heard of it before. stumbled across it. It's a 1991 Christopher Walken, Michael Ironside Oh my Maria God. Conchita Alonso film. Right. Uh, and it's basically like a knockoff Rambo. Uh, yes. It's d- directed, written and directed mm-hmm. by a guy called James Glickenhouse. Right. Uh, James Glickenhouse. I was like, well, who the, 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 the fuck that is? <laughs> Never heard of him before. Right. Uh, He's an automotive entrepreneur, owns, uh, makes cars. Uh, you know, he sort of makes his own cars. Right. Uh, and collects race cars. I think his father started the business. So basically, he was a rich kid right. who was like, hey, got money, going to make movies. <laughs> yeah. So he I made a ton of movies in the, the nice. 70s, 80s, and 90s. Right. Uh, I don't think he made a good one in there at all. The couple don't of cult to. classics like The Exterminator. Right. Uh, like he's, this, this is his filmography. The Astrologer, The Exterminator, The Soldier uh, with Ken Wahl, The Protector, right. Jackie Chan, Danny Aiello. Sure. Uh, then Maniac Cop. My oh, favourite. Oh, Bruce Campbell's in that one. Fuck yes, I'm going to watch that. <laughs> Shakedown. With uh, Peter Weller and Sam Elliott. 
Like these right. are just classic straight to VHS uh, yes. movies. But brilliant fun. Brilliant fucking fun. Frankenhooker. Like, come on. Who doesn't oh, want to watch a movie called Frankenhooker? Right. Stop the show. <laughs> Gonna watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, McBain. McBain. So, and Louis Guzman's in it as well. So mm-hmm. it, uh, it's basically about, you know, a uh, bunch of guys in Vietnam sure. and uh, you know, like a, t- a crew and then they swear to look after each other forever and then 15 Aww. years later, one of them's a rebel in Colombia who gets executed by the Colombian president live on television. Shit. And uh, so Christopher Walken puts the gang back together and they go to <clears> Colombia <throat> To, to revenge their fall, right. yeah, fallen guy, yeah. but it's uh, it's just I mean, come on, Christopher Walken and Michael Ironside, how, you, you can't one. fuck that up. Doesn't no. matter. It doesn't no. matter who directed it. Want, and, you know, hear him talk. Doesn't matter that yeah. it has no plot. It's just you know those talk two guys together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just, just let them go. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the camera on. Let it run. Yeah, just, just make it up as you go, Chris. It'll be don't fine. even edit. Don't even yeah. edit it. Just don't even edit it. That'd ruin it. Yeah, four, yeah, fourteen yeah. hours of this. Just go. <laughs> just go. Just go. Anyway, so Ar- uh, Armenia is calm. How got into that? Yeah. Yeah. I well, know. yes. So look, yeah, I think you, you made the right point though. It's a great victory for Nero. Yes. And uh, not the not the last of the great military victories for Nero that we'll see. And <clears> I, as I will ask many times over the course of uh, the rest of these episodes. Why don't we remember Nero as the greatest military emperor since Augustus, really? He was, right. he was. I mean, and, and I mean, maybe the greatest military leader of Rome since Julius Caesar. Yes. Okay, so he's not on the front lines. Doesn't matter. Neither was Augustus yeah. for most of his career, but... He's having lots of uh, terrific... Like, this is a defeat against Parthia. He's just a kid. This is huge. Yeah. And he's... Well, he's like, what is he now? In his mid-20s? What are we talking right. about? 60. Yeah. So he's uh, mid to late 20s by now, right? How old? When was... I can't remember when he was born. Nero was born in 37. So he's 23. Right. 23. That's amazing. And uh, he's basically defeated Parthia now. This is something that Crassus failed to do, yes. Julius wanted to do but didn't get the chance, Marcus Antonius Fucked failed up. to do, yes. Augustus avoided it with a peace treaty. Right. And now, he- as Tacitus points mm-hmm. out, Parthia was distracted at the time with this war against the Hyrcanians right. from modern-day Iran and Turkmenistan. Right. That goes on until the year 75, still. so that's got a long ways to go. Still. But, uh, but still, he has defeated... Parthia in what you rightly said is a proxy war and they're distracted and all of that kind of stuff, but he's the kid yeah. and he's defeated Parthia. This is fucking huge. These right. guys have been kind of enemy number one of Rome. Since the boogeyman. The, at least since they executed Crassus. Yes, exactly. Right? Yes. And he's the first guy, right? if I remember correctly, since? to defeat them. Yes, Yes, and no, no one's even really tried since. Well, like, well, like you said, Crassus tried. There have been Mark there have been so. skirmishes, right? But right. this is the first time I think they've actually sort of gone head to head. Even though yeah. I mean, the Parthians aren't right. really 
put so, that much of a fight. Not, not only has this been a major military victory, we're about to go into another major military victory. And like we said early on, the, there for at least the first five years of his reign, the economy was doing it was doing great. Uh, there was general peace, uh, foreign policy was well. So again, why is this guy not higher, more higher, highly ranked? as far as Roman emperors go, because he's, he's considered a monster with Caligula. I guess that'll be one more thing to uh, try to figure out as we go on. But it's good times for Rome and good times for Nero. And speaking of which, you've got the war, you've got battles, you know the Romans love that stuff. But back in Rome, there is some stuff going on. There's always politics going on. And there's an election for praetors, um, for the Praetorians, excuse me. And uh, for whatever reason, several more people than maybe were expected uh, want these positions. And so when these, when you have at least five people running, when you were only hoping two or three would run, and these are military men and they have loyal followers, you have to be careful. You can't just tell these people to go fuck off. Nero steps in. He takes the three candidates that um, were not going to get the jobs, and he gives them legionary command. So again, he's able to deftly step in whether it's war, whether it's politics, whatever, he's able to go in there, give people what they want to the best of his ability. Everybody's happy and he comes out the winner. So whether it's politics or whatever, he's, he's, he's doing everything right. Does he have Seneca to thank for that? Who taught him? Well, who knows? Was it instincts? Who knows? But for right now, things are going great for this 23-year-old kid. Meanwhile, back at Rome, everyone was feeling Mary. Mary didn't <laughs> mind because job, God told her that was her job. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Nero raises the dignity of the Senate, apparently by deciding that anyone who appealed to them for a legal ruling right. was subject to the same financial risk yes. as anyone who appealed directly to the emperor. That's impressive. So yeah. you waste my time you- with a uh, <laughs> fake lawsuit. You go pay, you, bitches? You're going to pay. Right, literally. Yeah. You were literally. Uh, uh, literally. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Yeah. If so it, don't yeah. don't waste our fucking time right. with bullshit lawsuits. Yeah. And if you think about it for a second, well, first of all, just just to add on to that, if there was a dispute of money or whatever, one third of the money would have to be put up if you wanted to go before Nero. And most people aren't willing to do that, so that's how we avoid headaches. But now Nero is saying, if you want to, if you want to appeal something from the civil court to the Senate, just like if you came before me, you've got to put up one third of the money that's in dispute. So he's treating the Senate, he's telling the Senate, you are on par with me. That's how much I respect and admire what you do. So how could the Senate not possibly love that? Again, just another brilliant move. And it's like you said, it's going to stop a lot of frivolous lawsuits. So another solid move from this very young man. Probably on the advice from somebody like Seneca. Yes, but he was smart enough to, to take imagine, it. But, yeah. but he's doing it. Yes. Yeah, he's doing good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now... In Britain, the land of tin oh, and... I'm sorry, just before we get on to Britain, just one more thing. Because Rome is still Rome and because the senators are far from perfect, and I'll just do this real quick, the governors are far from perfect, around this time when everything is clicking for Nero, he does have to deal with something that's a little more negative. The people of Mauritania charge a Roman knight, um, Vibius Secundus, for extortion. Normally, the senators would rally around each other, take care of each other, tell the tell the people, the foreigners, to fuck off, keep their money, and laugh all the way to the bank. But uh, Secundus is found guilty, and he is banished from Italy. So now the people of Mauritania hear about this, and they love Nero even more. They're probably going to be even more uh, loyal to him. So again, 
maybe it is um, Rome doing a little bit better about, you know, we have to treat our empire, the people of our empire with dignity, or they're just going to rise up and revolt. And that's a big pain in the ass. So again, the fact that a governor who was probably a former senator was found guilty and kicked out of Italy, that's pretty impressive because normally the senators just tell everybody to fuck off and keep the money anyway. So good on Nero and the Senate. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that always depends on um, how popular that senator That's is back home. If he's That's true. If he's getting rich uh, and other people aren't getting rich... Then fuck him. Uh, yeah, fuck him, you know. <laughs> if he's... Right. Like, we've seen lots of these stories in the past. I mean, there's always pro-consuls that are profiting from their uh, dominions. Yes. And, yeah, if they're spreading the wealth... That's different. Uh, around. Always spread Then they up. get protected. Yeah. If they're not spreading enough wealth back to the Senate at home, then people are like, hey, you, yeah. you're, you're fucking, you're done, son. Rem- remember how so Caesar I, got... I don't know that it's necessarily a... Right. I don't ahead. know that it's necessarily a sign of uh, a better Rome. It's just a sign of how well he played uh, the political game back right. home, I think. But at the very least, the people of Mauritania are very happy. And so they're thinking, oh, well, maybe, you know, Rome's not so bad after all. So as far as they're concerned. And I think it was Caesar started out his career defending some of these foreign uh, people who were uh, who were extorted out of money. So, yeah, this has been around for hundreds of years. Uh, and it's still around. No one's surprised. Yeah. Anyway, so, sorry. So in the land of tin... Yes. The uh, legate there, Varanius, died and was replaced by Suetonius Paulinus, not the historian Suetonius, uh, right. who comes later. Uh, according to Tacitus, this guy, in military knowledge and in popular favour, which allows no one to be without a rival, vied with Corbulo right. and aspired to equal the glory of the recovery of Armenia by the subjugation of Rome's enemies. He therefore prepared to attack the island of Mona, which had a powerful population and was a refuge for fugitives. Yeah. So where's the island of Mona, right? That is off modern day, uh, off the Welsh coast. It's the modern day island of Anglesey. So I uh, had uh, refugees there. The people were, uh, were counting on the waterways to keep them safe. But uh, yes, this Paulinus is not going to play around. He's got a hard on for war because he wants to make a name for himself. He wants to do in the West what Corbulo did in the East. And so he's got to go mess these people up. And they think they're safe just because of some water. Bitch, have they never met a Roman? They know how to build bridges. I think it's pronounced Anglesey. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Uh and no one knows more about the pronunciation of uh, British names and places than me. I think that's well established. <laughs> I always get them right, despite uh, what some of our British listeners, like yeah. Martin fucking Darlington, try and tell right. us. No, I'll take your word over it any day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tacitus says that uh, Suetonius built flat-bottomed vessels to cope with the shallows right. and uncertain depths of the sea. Thus, the infantry crossed while the cavalry followed by fording or where the water was deep, swam by the side of their horses. Now, yeah. Mona was a stronghold of the Druids. <laughs> Fucking Druids. And uh, Tacitus says, On the shore stood the opposing army with its dense array of armed warriors, while between the, while between the ranks dashed women sure. in black attire right. like the Furies 
with hair dishevelled, waving brands. That's hot. So, <laughs> so basically, witches. Right. You've got witches. Yes. You, you witches, know, druids. You've got old Suetonius, yeah. crosses over. They've got basically met with an army of uh, witches who are trying to cast right. spells on them. And you get the druids. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry. You get the druids with their hands raised to the heavens, doing their prayers, incantations, whatever the fuck they do. You got the women running around. Some of those women have probably lost their husbands or sons or whatever to the Romans. You got these men with weapons. And so this could be pretty, pretty ugly for the Romans. We'll have to see how it goes. But yeah, the druids are feeling pretty cocky right about now. It's going to be Tacitus says, all around the Druids lifting up their hands to heaven yes. and pouring forth dreadful imprecations sure. scared sure. our soldiers by the unfamiliar sight so that, as if their limbs were paralysed, they stood motionless and exposed to wounds. Oh, humboo. You know, come on. You, Voodoo. Obviously, Suetonius hasn't done a very good uh, job of training his uh, soldiers yeah. here. They're like, uh, I'm afraid. Uh, what the fuck is going on with the witches? Did then? Yes. Mm-hmm. No, no. Go ahead, please. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Then, urged by their generals' appeals and mutual encouragements, not to quail before a troop of frenzied women. Sure. They bore the standards onwards, smote down all resistance, and wrapped the foe in the flames of his own brands. A force was next set over the conquered. And their groves, devoted to inhuman superstitions, were destroyed. Yes. They deemed it, indeed, a duty to cover their altars with the blood of captives and to consult their deities through human entrails. Oh. The Romans were like, listen. you got to stop that shit. We use entrails to consult our deities. Don't get us wrong. Right, love entrails. Entrails, deities... (laughs) Go together. I mean, you gotta. Well, how else are you going to consult with the deities? You got to use entrails. Everyone knows you got to use entrails. Yeah. That's that's just accepted. One. No one's arguing yeah, with the yeah, fact yeah. that you got to use entrails. Yeah, yeah. that's science. How- <laughs> God's entrails. Come on. But that's a given. <clears throat> we use animal entrails, right. and yes, look, we have sacrificed humans to the gods before, yeah. and. Uh, yeah. You know, the Jews just did that with Jesus uh, down in one of our territories. But Augustus even sort of did it in his early years, as I recall, supposedly, according to a story when he was a very young man, part of the Second Triumvirate. Uh, He executed some prisoners and and, uh, 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 said it was, uh, 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 what is it, a a sacrifice to his god of Julius Caesar. Right. Um, right, deified. But when we do it, yeah, nah, it's okay because we're Romans and we know better. Right, so it's 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 okay when we do barbarians. it. Barbarians, but uh, come on, yeah, yeah. Fuck. inhuman yes. superstitions. Yeah. So, if I could, real quick, so the Druids lift their hands to heaven, say a bunch of prayers. Uh, the Romans come in with their swords and javelins, which turns out beats prayers. Yes. I. This is the part of the podcast where Ray just repeats what I just said, but in different words. No, I just want to make it clear that I this was... This is su- a sign <laughs> that 
Ray has not done any work no, for this episode. It's not. He's going to try and oh skate by by just repeating back what I. I've said. been doing it for seven years. Why shouldn't it work now? But the point, no, the point I wanted to make was um, for those of you out there who get in this kind of situation, it turns out that swords and javelins beat prayers. That's all I'm saying. I just wanted that cleared up. Uh, in case anybody wants to try to pray their way out of a, the next battle or war or zombie op- apocalypse. But you're, you're trying to pray your way out of this episode, I think, by just <laughs> that's repeating your magic incantations, which is just repeating back what I said. Yes, <laughs> actually, it's true. Cheryl, yeah. did you know that? Oh, yeah. you did? Oh, I'm the only one. Never mind. Continue. But, so, so <laughs> things went well, but now... Um, uh, whatever the fuck his name is, because I'm going about to say Corbulo, which is the wrong part of the uh, planet. He hears about another uprising, so um, I apologize for that, for not knowing. Paulinus, Paulinus. Well, yeah, it gets called Suetonius or Paulinus. But if we do Suetonius, isn't yeah. that too? Yeah, a little bit confusing. Yeah. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> but mm. while Paulinus was on the island of Mona, the mainland saw their opportunity and revolted. Now, yes. there are very varying stories right. uh, in Tacitus and Cassius Dio uh, about uh, who, what, where, and why right. this happened. Well, not the who, but the where <laughs> and the why. No, not the where either, just the why. <laughs> Tacitus says they revolted because of how badly they were being treated by the Romans. That's right. He said, which is interesting. It's always fascinating to me when Tacitus in particular says, yeah, we were a bunch of cunts, yeah. basically. Uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't do the right thing. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we had it coming, quite honestly. Yeah. That's like if you think about um, doing our Cold War show, when we're, if you take a typical American history book about the Cold War, uh, America is blameless. Oh, look, yeah, we went into Vietnam, but we were doing the right thing, had to stop the communists. It's very rarely, it it takes a lot of work to find an American scholar writing a book about the Vietnam War who will be honest enough to say, yeah, we that was that was that was bad. That's all on us. Uh, Should never have done that. Uh, That was really, really bad. In fact, we should probably pay reparations to the Vietnamese uh, for the damage. Uh, uh, Korea. Yeah, we shouldn't have gotten involved in that either. That was really bad. Lots of people died as on us, etc., uh, etc. Et <clears throat> but this, his Tacitus writing only, let's say, 40, 50 years later, mm-hmm. saying, yeah, uh, the Romans really, here's what he says, uh, read it out. Prasutagus, king of the Iceni, mm-hmm. this is the, uh, the uh, British tribe, famed for his long prosperity. Right had made the emperor his heir, along with his two daughters, under the impression that this token of submission would put his kingdom and his house out of the reach of wrong. No. Sounds reasonable. Listen, when I die, (laughs) all this will be yours. (laughs) What? What? There's swamps. (laughs) There's another Monty Python thing where um, they go to someone's house to save their life and it turns out they're an organ donor, and so they don't help them because they need the organs. The same thing here. It's like, just because you put, well, first of all, putting Nero in your will, I don't know if that's a smart move because the Romans might go, hey, all right, we just need this. What's what's stopping us from taking this stuff? Oh, the king is still alive? Well, 
Maybe we can help him with that. I don't know. I, I think the king was trying to be clever. I'm going to leave everything I have, which is considerable, to my two daughters that I love very much and Nero, the king of the known world. What could possibly go wrong? Mm. Yeah, well, I don't think it was Nero's fault, but anyway. No. Uh, Tacitus says, but the reverse was the result, so much so that his kingdom was plundered by centurions, his house by slaves, as if they were the spoils of war. First, his wife, Boudicca, was scourged and his daughters outraged, which is his way of saying raped. All the chief men of the Aseni, as if Rome had received the whole country as a gift, Mm -hmm were stripped of their ancestral possessions and the king's relatives were made slaves. Damn. Roused by these insults and the dread of worse, reduced as they now were into the condition of a province, they flew to arms and stirred to revolt the Trinabantes and others who, not yet cowed by slavery, Mm -hmm. had agreed in secret conspiracy to reclaim their freedom. It was against the veterans that their hatred was most intense. For these new settlers in the colony of Camelodunum drove people out of their houses, ejected them from their farms, called them captives and slaves, and the lawlessness of the veterans was encouraged by the soldiers who lived a similar life and hoped for similar license. Mm. A temple also erected to the divine Claudius was ever before their eyes, a citadel, as it seemed, of perpetual tyranny. Men chosen as priests had to squander their whole fortunes under the pretense of a religious ceremonial. It appeared, too, no difficult matter to destroy the colony, undefended as it was by fortifications, a precaution neglected by our generals, while they thought more of what was agreeable than of what was expedient. So the the veterans are retired, they're in... Uh, Camulodunum, they don't have the wherewithal to put up walls, and they're surprised that they're attacked. Um, Just to give for everybody who is listening, just to give you a reference, if you picture London on a map, you go to the northeast, when you get to the coast, that's where the Roman veterans are at. Just above them is the Trinovates, who end up joining uh, Boudicca, and right above them is actually Boudicca herself. So if you think about it, she's going. this is all going to happen. She's going to come south, hit the Romans, the Roman veterans, and then turn and start making towards the uh, London. So again, this is kind of on the east coast in the center of the island, but it's all heading towards the south, where the Romans have a lot of land and possessions and colonies down there. So this shit is real, and they they, they, they're going to have to deal with a shitstorm now. So Prasotagus dies, leaves his kingdom to Nero and his daughters in his will, but the Romans whip his wife and rape his daughters. Sure, sure. Standard Tuesday. So yeah. Boudicca, or Boudicca, right. as she's uh, referred to, uh, I think, in, in modern uh, translations, raises an army to kick some ass. Now, of course, there were signs of course. that uh, this was all going to happen. Yes. Um, Tacitus says, meanwhile, without any evident cause, the statue of victory at Camulodunum fell prostrate and turned its back to the enemy as though it fled before them. Even the ocean had worn the aspect of blood, and when the tide ebbed, there had been left the likenesses of human forms, marvels interpreted by the Britons as hopeful, by the veterans as alarming. Who, Who do you think you call upon to 
translate the uh, human forms left when the tide of right. blood goes out. So, Ray, is that a, is that a specialist task? It, is there a particular set of training that you have to do to interpret mm, the signs of human forms left in the sand right. when a tide of blood? Right. You call a guy and you go, "Hey, um, are you? Do you? Uh, uh, well, let's let's we'll role play right, this. Right, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Ring, 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 ring. Hello, Corpus R Us. Can I help you? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, listen, uh, got a bit of a situation here. Right. Uh, right. We, um, uh, are, you, are you the guy that uh, interprets the meaning of uh, human forms yeah. left in the sand when the tide goes out? Yeah, no, you got the right place. Uh, my father did it for 50 years. He's retired. I've taken over. You have definitely called the right place. Where is it at? I'll be right there. Yeah, uh, I just want to make no, sure. Yeah. Do you do tides of blood? Honestly, I have to charge a little more, but yes, I do. It's part of our premiere you package. Can do. I can do. You can do tides of blood. I can do. Oh, good, yes, good. Yes. That's that's yeah, I'm that's not, good. Don't like it. But uh, I can do where it. can you? When? Uh, how soon can you be here? This is kind of uh, time sensitive, <sighs> if you know. What oh, I understand. Mean. Let me look at the omens real quick. Um, yeah, no, I could be there. In a, uh, I could be there in three days. Uh, I'll I'll do my best. I'll be there in three days. Don't let anybody touch anything until I get there. Three days yeah. is probably not going to work for us. We've got this uh, a massive army oh, oh, led by some right. crazy bitch. Yeah. We, oh, quite honestly, okay. we don't know what her fucking problem is. <coughs> uh, you know, we we yeah. just whipped her and raped her daughters. I, but you know, she's it's, She's oversensitive. Like, Tell you what. Yeah. Well. Yeah, let me. Yeah. Let me call the local office. I'll have someone there in thirty minutes. Ah, that'd be great. Thanks very much. Right. Uh, just send the bill to Nero when you're done. If that's okay. <laughs> you got it. Click. And see. <laughs> um, now. Yes. Cassius Dio has a different story. Oh. And it's quite long. And with your permission, I would like to read it. Please. You can uh, sit back, unzip your, unzip your fly, and just uh, enjoy this. Done and done. An excuse for the war was found in the confiscation of the sums of money that Claudius had given to the foremost Britons. For these sums, as Decianus Catus, the procurator of the island, maintained, were to be paid back. Mm. So it's money. This was the... This was the main reason for the uprising. Another was found in the fact that Seneca, in the hope of receiving a good rate of interest, had lent to the islanders 40 million sesterces that they did not want and had afterwards called in this loan all at once. Uh, so... <laughs> so to avoid so, pain, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, according to, according to Cassius Dio, it was about rich people... In the Britons, right, uh, uh, being upset about uh, having to pay back loans, they were like, "Oh, fuck that shit." So <laughs> Tacitus says, "Well, the Romans uh, raped uh, the daughters and, and whipped the wife, Boudicca." Right. Cassius Dio's like, "Well, no, not really. It, it was more about just." Economics. Yes. Rich people going, fuck that. We're not paying back the money. Let's let's fight. Let's start up a war. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so Cassie's die is writing a lot later, obviously. 
he's writing like uh, third century. Tacitus is writing f- late first, early second century. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a it's a different perspective on the causes of the war, which I found really interesting. Right. It's it sounds like nothing's changed. Oh, the rich people are unhappy. Let's start a war to cover up things or to, to have an excuse not to pay back this massive loan because I don't care who you are, 40 million sesterces is that's a pretty nice chunk of change. And if you think about it, maybe that um, Seneca, uh, now it's interesting to see Seneca in here, right? right. So one hand, he's Nero's uh, main advisor and he has a reputation historically of being a pretty good guy, mm-hmm. a Stoic. great Stoic philosopher, right. et cetera, et cetera. Um, but on the other hand, he's lending a shit ton of money to these people. So he's like filthy fucking rich. And then let's say, uh, he's kind of loaning it to Prasitagus. Prasitagus, the king, dies... And Seneca's like, well, I, I want my money back. I mean, Gotta I, have it. I, 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 I was I was comfortable. The press of Targus right. was the guy, but he's gone. I, all bets are off. I want my money yeah. back. And Boudicca, Boudicca is like, uh, fuck <laughs> you. You're not getting your money back. And so she's flogged. Let's say he calls in the mob, right. which is hey, Suetonius. Right. Yeah, go, yeah, big Suetonius. <laughs> Big Tony, go get my fat Tony, go get my money. Uh, Yeah. And she's like, you come and try and take it, motherfucker. So that's, uh, yeah, this is a really interesting uh, diverging story here. And by the way, there's something else I want to point out as well, as we'll see in the course of this story. During the reigns of Queen Elizabeth I and Queen Victoria in England, they really uh, rediscovered the, this story of Boudicca from Tacitus, because they, they, they'd forgotten about Boudicca in, in British history. Right. And it was only when Tacitus was rediscovered mm. during the Renaissance that we've talked about. I think it was uh, Poggio Bracciolini who rediscovered the annals. Um, once that was translated and, and uh, sent to... It made its way to England. It was around about the time of Queen Elizabeth I, and she was a female... You know the military leader right. of the country. She uh, sort of put like, "Oh, check the we, we had one of these before. Oh. It's just like me. I'm the new Boudicca." Right. And then Queen Victoria and Boudicca apparently means victory, as Victoria does, victorious. So um, they uh, built this, you know, sort of uh, national yeah. uh, strong myth woman. around yeah. Boudicca, and and I think right. That's partly how Nero got demonized in popular culture. It was because, oh, it was Nero that fought Boudicca, uh, our great, you know, uh, pre Victorian, pre Elizabethan female military leader, and he he, he became the bad guy. I think that was part of the mythologization of bad Nero, good good Boudicca, anyway. Right. Here, let me go on with Cassius Dio. Um, but who was uh, chiefly instrumental in rousing the natives and persuading them to fight the Romans, the person who was thought worthy to be their leader and who directed the conduct of the entire war was Buduica, is how he Mm -hmm. uh, uh, translates it, a Briton woman of the royal family and possessed of greater intelligence than often belongs to women. (laughs) Um, 
I'm going to try that on the wife tonight. I'll let you know how it Shocking. goes. You know what? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're smarter than you're supposed to be. That's all I'm saying. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. smarter than the average woman. I'm not... Uh, you're like Yogi Bear. <laughs> you're where's smarter your, than the average bear, boo-boo. Where's your picnic basket? Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you still reading? So anyone under the age of anyone under the age of fifty not, know who not gonna get that. Bear was? Not going to get that. <laughs> no, that's another. They should. Be. Yeah, no, I'm not sorry. I've got yeah. I've got pages and pages here. Okay, no, please go ahead. Because I did I did research. I, this is what's called in the in the trade. Right. This is what we call uh, work. Uh, you know, like the research and work. It doesn't and, sound uh, familiar. No, doesn't sound no. familiar. It's no, not no. catching. No. <laughs> This woman assembled her army to the number of some 120,000. I think later on he says 230,000. Right. So got got bigger. <laughs> the numbers kept inflating. Got bigger. And it's like, like Donald Trump estimating his net worth. <laughs> uh, and then ascended a tribunal which had been constructed of earth in the Roman fashion. In stature, she was very tall. In appearance, most terrifying, sure. in the glance of her eye, most fierce, and her voice was harsh. A great mass of the tawniest hair fell to her hips. Oh, yeah. Around her neck was a large golden necklace, and she wore a tunic of diverse colours over which a thick mantle was fastened with a brooch. Mm. Brooch? Brooch. brooch. This was her invariable... Why is that pronounced brooch? Anyway, it's spelt brooch. I, I never I understood that. This no. was her invariable attire. Now, am I the only one who thinks that's fucking hot? No, uh, I'm turned on right now. Totally turned on right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> you can just you know, raise the camera back again. I, I don't need to... Don't need to see that. I mean, it's hard to see. You say that, is. but neither one of us right buying glasses on. So, but. is your glasses fogged up? You're welcome. She, she now grasped a spear mm. to aid her in terrifying all beholders yes. and spoke as follows. You have learned by actual experience how different freedom is from slavery. By the way, Cassius Dio knows she said this because somebody had their iPhone sure. on at the time and they recorded it and... And uploaded Set. it to Dropbox, and it was still there a couple of hundred years Absolutely. ago, when, uh, later when he was writing. Uh, you, you have learned by actual experience how different freedom is from slavery. Hence, although some among you may previously, through ignorance of which was better, have been deceived by the alluring promises of the Romans, net, yet now that you have tried both, you have learned how great a mistake you made in preferring an imported despotism to your ancestral mode of life. And you have come to realize how much better is poverty with no master than wealth with slavery. For what treatment is there of the most shameful or grievous sort that we have not suffered ever since these men made their appearance in Britain? Have we not been robbed entirely of most of our possessions and those the greatest, while for those that remain, we pay taxes? Besides pasturing and tilling for them all our other possessions, do we not pay a yearly tribute for our very bodies? How much better it would be to have been sold to masters once for all then, possessing empty titles of freedom, to have to ransom ourselves every year? Mm. How much better to have been slain and to have perished than to go about with a tax on our heads? Yet why do I mention death? 
For even dying is not free of cost with them. Nay, you know what fees we deposit even for our dead. Among the rest of mankind, death frees even those who are in slavery to others. Only in the case of the Romans do the very dead remain alive for their profit. Why is it that, though none of us has any money, how indeed could we or where could we get it, we are stripped and despoiled like a murderer's victims? And why should the Romans be expected to display moderation as time goes on when they have behaved toward us in this fashion at the very outset when all men show consideration even for the beasts they have newly captured? Mm. But to speak the plain truth, it is we who have made ourselves responsible for all these evils, in that we allowed them to set foot on the island in the first place instead of expelling them at once as we did their famous Julius Caesar. Yes, and in that we did not deal with them while they were still far away as we dealt with Augustus and with Gaius Caligula and make even the attempt to sail hither a formidable thing. As a consequence, although we inhabit so large an island, or rather a continent, one might say, that is encircled by the sea, and although we possess a veritable world of our own and are so separated by the ocean from all the rest of mankind that we have been believed to dwell on a different earth and under a different sky and that some of the outside world, I, even their wisest men, not hitherto known for a certainty even by what name we are called, we have, notwithstanding all this, been despised and trampled underfoot by men who know nothing else than how to secure gain. Mm. However... Even at this late day, though we have not done so before, let us, my countrymen and friends and kinsmen, for I consider you all kinsmen, seeing that you inhabit our, you inhabit a single island and are called by one common name, let us, I say, do our duty while we still remember what freedom is, that we may leave to our children not only its appellation, but also its reality." For if we utterly forget the happy state in which we were born and bred, what, pray, will they do reared in bondage? All this I say not with the purpose of inspiring you with a hatred of present conditions, that hatred you already have, nor with fear for the future, that fear you already have, but of commending you because you know of your own accord, no, because now of your own accord choose the requisite course of action and of thanking you for so readily cooperating with me and with each other. Have no fear, whatever of the Romans, for they are superior to us neither in numbers nor in bravery. And here is the proof. They have protected themselves with helmets and breastplates and greaves, and yet, forget, and yet further provided themselves with palisades and walls and trenches to make sure of suffering no harm by an incursion of their enemies. For they are influenced by their fears when they adapt this kind of fighting in preference to the plan we follow of rough and ready action. Sounds like you in Vegas. <laughs> Indeed, we enjoy such a surplus of bravery that we regard our tents as safer than their walls and our shields as affording greater protection than their whole suits of mail. As a consequence, when we, we as a consequence, we, when victorious, capture them, and when overpowered, elude them. And if we ever choose to retreat anywhere, we conceal ourselves in swamps and mountains so inaccessible that we can be neither discovered nor taken. Our opponents, however, can neither pursue anybody by reason of their heavy armor, nor yet flee. And if they ever do slip away from us, they take refuge in certain appointed spots where they shut themselves up as in a trap. But these are not the only respects in which they are vastly inferior to us. 
There is also the fact that they cannot bear up under hunger, thirst, cold, or heat as we can. Mm. They require shade and covering. They require kneaded bread and wine and oil. And if any of these things fails them, they perish. For us, on the other hand, any grass or root serves as bread, the juice of any plant as oil, any water as wine, any tree as a house. Furthermore, this region is familiar to us and is our ally, but to them it is unknown and hostile. As for rivers, we swim them naked, whereas they do not get across them easily even with boats. Let us therefore go against them, trusting boldly to good fortune. Let us show them that they are hares and foxes trying to rule over dogs and wolves. Isn't it lucky for us that all of the important people in history were great speech givers? Well, that's why they were great people. Oh, gotcha. Was that the speech that she gave before the big battle or was that just somewhere along the way um, stirring the troops? I'm just, I don't know if you know or if Dio knows. Um, No, I think this was just uh, bringing them together. Uh, There are more speeches to come. Right. But... uh, so interestingly here, so Cassius Dio, even though I said before that his explanation of this is more that it's about money. Mm-hmm. And of course, Cassius Dio is a Greek. I mean, he's part of the Roman Empire and, and he, I think he worked in Rome, uh, etc. But he's, he's a Greek, I think, uh, and he's probably not necessarily, you know, he's not as close to the seats of power. Right in Rome as uh, Tacitus is. Yeah. I'm trying to remember I'm trying to remember Cassius Dio's story. I think he he did have some senior specifically uh, Yeah. Yeah, Roman statesman. Yeah. He was a statesman, yeah. 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 Um he's a member of public service. He was a senator under Commodus, governor of Smyrna, became a Suffolk consul in the year two oh five, proconsul in Africa yeah, so look, he was uh, he was part of the power structure, right. but but I think uh, enough time had passed. Know, he's from Bithynia. I think enough time had passed where he could yeah. say, you know what? Yeah, I think it's about some money, not not honor, not glory, not whatever. I think it was money. Um, but then, yeah. like Tacitus, he goes when he puts words in her mouth with this speech. He basically says, "Yeah, they treat us like shit. Fuck them. The Romans treat us like shit. The Romans are horrible." Right. Uh, and, you know, he, he gives her this, you know, fucking uh, Braveheart speech. <laughs> That's uh, what I was going to say. <laughs> it was the longer, longer version of, what will you do with freedom? So, but yeah. it was still pretty good. They can take our <laughs> lands, but they cannot take your freedom. <laughs> this is Sparta. Wait, no, wrong Scottish accent. <laughs> wrong Scotsman. I'm confused about what wrong war, Scottish where, leader. and where. <laughs> if, if I could, <clears throat> I didn't want to interrupt you, but if I could back up for just a little bit because there's another player I want to introduce. So when this, I'm going to call it a rebellion, broke out, remember, um, Paulinus is in the Welshland, and so he can't get there fast enough. So the other man who, the, the procurator, the procurator, uh, Catus Decianus, 
is closer nearby, and he doesn't really have a ton of troops because most of them are with uh, with Paulinus. But he's able to send two hundred men uh, to to the uh, to the veterans who were locked up in the temple. And before the two hundred men can get there, the uh, the temple with the Roman veterans and are overrun, and I believe they're all killed. So, anyways, so. What um, the 200 men show up and they pretty much get chased away. Those that were on horse were probably able to get away. Those of the infantry that were supposed to come and rescue the, the veterans, they are, they're all killed. And so um, this guy, the, the leader of the 200 men, the, the rescue force, he, gets, he basically rides his horse until it almost dies. He gets back to the, to the camp, gets back behind the camp walls, and only then does he feel safe. But outdoing him, the procurator Catus, who's even more scared at this point, actually gets on a freaking boat, goes across the channel, and gets to Gaul. And he doesn't even feel safe until he's in Gaul. So massive um, overreaction by these guys. Uh, the, the, the supposedly lieutenants are fleeing the ship, and we have to wait for um, Pauline, uh, Paulinus to come back uh, before something could be done. So it's not going great for the Romans at this point, because their main commander with the main force is far off to the uh, northwest, and he's got to wait till he comes back. So for right now, their rebellion starts out pretty well. You call him Cactus Decius, because he is Cactus. Yes. Um, yeah, he. They hadn't built. I, I don't understand this. They hadn't built any ramparts or any other your kind veterans. of defenses around Camilla Dunum. Step one. Yeah, I don't know what's. That's that's really really fucking lazy. Yeah. Um, and you know, Suetonius Paulinus has to take responsibility for that. Yeah. I think. Well, I think um, I think I remember Tacitus saying that the veterans were hoping that what they had done in the past and what the troops were currently doing under Paulinus was enough to intimidate and scare uh, the Brits uh, so they wouldn't do something like this, which may or may not have happened. But if the flogging and the rape are true, well, then you've just stirred up a hornet's nest. So, But the point is you always build a wall. When you go to bed at night, you always lock your door. It's just, it's just prudent. And they didn't do that, and they paid for it with their lives. Well, we're going late, but oh. I just want to finish with this yeah. line from Tacitus. Surprised as it were, in the midst of peace, they were surrounded by an immense host of the barbarians. <laughs> I'm like, no, it wasn't peace, motherfucker. It was an occupation. Right. Wasn't peace. Right. Yeah. Close, but <laughs> it reminds me. Well. It reminds me of Joe Biden, who recently attacked uh, Iraqi troops in Iraq. Sure. Sure. Because he said they were threatening U.S. interests. Iraqi troops Sounds right. in Iraq were threatening U.S. interests. They're a grave threat uh, to us. Yeah. 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 So we bombed them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had troops in Iraq, and the Iraqi troops in Iraq were threatening the U.S. troops in Iraq, so therefore threatening U.S. interests. That sounds right, actually. It makes sense. Uh, occupying their country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's all we have time for. Uh, we'll be back with more Boudica next Booty-licious. time. Booty, 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 Licious. There we go.